Hey, welcome to the Therapy Thoughts Podcast. This is Tiffany Rowe. I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor and psychology teacher. I own Mindful Counseling in Orem, Utah, and I'm on a mission to break down mental health stigma. Therapy Thoughts is a podcast all about helping you love yourself and make peace with your mind, body, and food. I'll share some education, tips, interviews, and tools from my clinical experience so you can improve your mental health. Stay tuned as we change the mental health game and talk all about therapy. What's up, my Therapy Thoughts people? Today, I want to give you a special episode of the Therapy Thoughts podcast. It is World Mental Health Day, and it's time for us to banish the stigma around mental health. It's time to get educated. It's time to talk about mental illness. So I want to dedicate this entire episode to informing you, giving you some education, because that's a crucial part of overcoming the stigma around mental health, and hopefully answer some frequently asked questions so that you can move forward and educate others and understand your own mental health. This is going to be a mini abnormal psychology class. Now, the word abnormal can be Uh, you know, taken with offense, or maybe uh, there's some negativity around that. But I want to help you understand how we use the word abnormal in uh, a psychological context. So I'm going to try to quantify that for you and hopefully give you some ideas to think about. Abnormal psychology, it's a scientific study. It's It's a way that we study troublesome feelings and thoughts and behaviors associated with mental disorders. It's an area of science, and it's designed to help us evaluate and understand and predict and prevent mental disorder and to help people in distress. So it's not... uh, The point is not to separate normal from abnormal. Really what we're trying to do is understand people who fall outside of the majority of people's experiences. So we use the word abnormal. Um, But we all fall on a spectrum of mental illness. This isn't an us versus them issue. We all have symptoms. And you'll hear me say this a lot, that it's not a matter of do we have it or don't we have it when it comes to mental illness. It's a matter of degree. So to what degree do we experience troublesome feelings and thoughts and behaviors associated with mental disorders. It's not a yes-no thing. It's a what-degree thing. So let's define a couple things. A mental disorder is defined as a group of emotional, cognitive, or behavioral symptoms. And those symptoms cause distress or they cause significant problems. When I say emotional, cognitive, and behavioral, I mean feelings, thinking, and actions. So you may have depressive symptoms. And that might just be an overwhelming feeling of sadness. And it leads to behaviors like lack of attendance at work, um, inability to get out of bed, um, appetite changes. The thinking disruption might be thoughts of suicide or thoughts of worthlessness. So you can have all three symptoms, but really if just one area, be it feelings, thoughts, or behaviors are causing you problems or causing you distress, that would be defined as a mental disorder, okay? If we are trying to define abnormality, it's any maladaptive behavior. So that's any behavior that's really interfering with your life. 
uh, it's not adaptive, it's problematic. So a, a maladaptive behavior might be self-harm through cutting or burning yourself, for example. This can include any behavior that's interfering with your life, like just the ability to take care of yourself. Um, are you able to have good relationships with others? Can you function well at school or work? That's how we define abnormality. Are you having these behaviors get in the way of life? Are they causing distress? Do you fall like way outside or even somewhat outside where the majority of people typically reside? When we talk about emotions, thoughts, and behaviors as abnormal, again, we got to look at this like a spectrum. Um, we define it as abnormal when they violate social norms. Uh, they're statistically deviant or they're going to interfere with your functioning and they're causing you a lot of distress. So the first way we measure that is does it deviate from the norm? And this is why we use the word abnormal because it's based on its difference or deviance from most folks. Um, we can do this statistically using a bell curve. So I want to remove kind of this judgment and stigma from that. And just for the sake of defining it, that's, that's what we're talking about. I don't suggest using the word abnormal in your description of people. We're talking about it in like a scientific psychological terminology. And you know what? A lot of psychology classes across the country are kind of eliminating that verbiage. I'm neither here nor there. I'm just teaching you, you know, what a typical abnormal psychology professor would teach you. But yeah, I don't suggest using the word abnormal to define people in your life. That would be probably a bit offensive, right? Uh, the second way we are trying to kind of understand psychology, and if you have abnormality if you're dealing with mental disorder is are you having difficulty adapting to life's demands so this is going to occur if the behaviors of your mental disorder or your mental health struggle interferes with your ability to function um does this do you have dangerous behaviors towards yourself or others that would clearly interfere with your ability to function right another third hallmark of trying to understand if your thoughts feelings or behaviors are you know, getting in the way. Does it cause personal distress? And that can range in a lot of things. Uh, you may have personal distress getting to work um, in your relationships, even just attending therapy, stuff like that. And that's how most of us end up in treatment or therapy um, because it's causing problems and distress in our life. So the dimensions that underlie mental disorder, they are relevant to everyone. And I think this is the key to battling stigma. Here on World Mental Health Day, which, by the way, should be every day, not just one day. It needs to be every day. Okay, World Mental Health Day, for us to break the stigma, we need to come correct and acknowledge that mental disorders are relevant to every freaking person. So look at it like a dimension, a dimensional model. So abnormal behavior focuses on the idea that we all have emotions and thoughts and behaviors of some degree that are related to mental disorder. All of us. This isn't an us versus them issue, y'all. So the idea that emotions, thoughts, and behaviors exist in varying degrees on a continuum in all people, that has really important implications because it takes away the fear that drives stigma. Stigma is all about ignorance. Stigma is all about this us versus them mentality, no experience, no education, fear, I don't understand. Think of a mental disorder or a mental illness or a mental health struggle uh, that you feel judgment towards. And I guarantee 
there's fear there. There's lack of understanding. There's stereotypical mass assumptions being made. Um, there's probably lack of interaction. Or let's say you have had interaction and that's why you're scared or you, you have stigma. You're probably you know, making mass assumptions or applying that to all people. So we just really need to step back and acknowledge that we all deal with struggles in emotion and thought and behavior because we're human. If you are alive, this applies to you. So the dimensional perspective is really the key to really emphasize mental health as a continuum and that if they become, if your symptoms become frequent and severe, that's what's going to mental indicate a mental disorder is present. So we all just differ in that degree of presence. Stigma. This is how we have disgrace and reproach for other people. Um, a lot of people experience discrimination and social avoidance because of mental health stigma. The disgrace or the reproach because of our characteristics, um, it has long-lasting and various you know, consequences on people. And it's a major reason why we don't go to therapy, why we don't get help if we're in mental distress. The shame, it's just me, something's wrong with me, leads to isolation and secrecy and judgment. So we're not out here broadcasting our mental health struggles because we've all been programmed to think, you know, we're weak or whatever. So stigma occurs on a lot of different levels and it's, it's threatening. It can be dangerous. People think something's wrong with them. This can be a structural issue. So there's a lot of different types of stigma, public stigma. This is that general disgrace that, you know, society and, and public puts upon people with mental disorders. This is stereotyping. This is prejudice. This is discrimination. This is oppression. If you've ever made kind of those widespread sweeping statements about people dealing with mental health, um, even something as simple as saying it's a choice, that, that's really stigmatizing. Anyone with a chronic severe depressive disorder if you tell them just to be happy and just to stop it, stop being suicidal, right? Like that's a really stigmatizing thought because it puts the responsibility on the person as if they chose to deal with a really hard and far, in, far impact, long impact, really difficult disease. Like they chose that. So stigma is really born out of that ignorance and that lack of understanding. So how do we fight stigma? We got to get educated. Education. I think just mandating an abnormal psychology course, advocating and, and really understanding people dealing with these symptoms, like that's crucial. We got to get freaking educated. And I, I hope that mental health education is required in public schooling one day. I think New York just uh, passed some mental health education requirements. But the educational efforts to combat stigma, this can be everything, y'all. This can be distributing flyers. This can be passing out brochures. This is factual information being passed around on social media, like the fact that one in five people has a mental disorder worldwide. That's a good percentage of us. Uh, taking courses, you know, in your college classroom or in the high schools or starting in elementary school, understanding feelings. Uh, mindfulness courses, and really understanding the truth about mental disorder, that it's not a sign of weakness, that that's just a cultural demand that we've placed through our 
you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps culture. We want to also promote personal contact because that contact with someone creates understanding. It helps dispel myths and stereotypes. So fighting stigma really boils down to education and contact. Uh, There's a lot more we can do when it comes to mental health. Prevention. The prevention perspective really stems from uh, thwarting mental disorder through education, through early treatment, and public health measures. Um, It's a very public health model, which I'm not going to go into, but there's different types of prevention. Can we, one, target large groups of people who do not have mental disorder? So you'll see this driving down uh, freeways, like, hey, here's information about different types of mental disorders. Here in Utah, there's a big uh, addiction epidemic, and we have a lot of, um, on the side of the highway, I'm having a brain fart, I can't think of what they're called, <laughs> the billboards, and they will have advertisements for opioid epidemic and opioid addiction. And uh, that's one way we prevent by just educating the public at large, even if they don't have the struggle. Another type of prevention is addressing people with the emerging problems while they're still manageable. Before people are treatment resistant, or before intervention is difficult. So like, understanding that during adolescence and early adulthood is a really prime time to develop mental illness advertising and educating that age group in school, for example. Another form of prevention would be people who already have these symptoms, trying to reduce the severity and duration and negative effects of the disorder that they already have. So this would be in treatment facilities or high-risk populations. Um, Listening to this podcast, this is a way for you to have prevention and get educated. So you're not the people I'm worried about. You're here listening to Therapy of Thoughts. You're advocates. You're interested in mental health. I think we can all do better and just keep going and keep getting educated and keep talking. We got to share our personal stories. Um, This might shock some of you, but even just a year and a half ago, two years ago, Not very many people knew I used to suffer an eating disorder. I wasn't really open about my recovery. I kept it really private. I think that was mostly because I didn't know how to navigate the therapy world and my personal world. Like Tiffany therapist versus Tiffany human who's not her job. Um, And I didn't know how to navigate the professional boundaries. But I have found me really owning recovery and being open about that and being open about anxiety and open about anorexia and bulimia and recovery has transformed the impact I can have. The impact and the influence that comes from vulnerability and sharing our story is, it's immeasurable. It's so powerful. And so if anything else, if you're not going to go into really researching or or uh, getting educated in like a formal classroom, you can always share your story. Because remember, we all, every single one of us has dealt with thoughts, feelings, or behaviors to some degree or another that relate to mental health. And I'd say bottom line, that's, that's what it comes down to is we have to share, we have to open up because mental health struggles make us feel like we're broken. We think we're the only ones. We think something's wrong with us. But I don't think I've ever gotten in a group of people 
who decide to keep it real and talk openly and be and be the only one who struggles. Everyone struggles. We're just too afraid to show that because we we're told we're weak. And so that's where I come back to the education and the exposure. But it's got to be us. We got to be vulnerable. We got to open up. We got to talk. We got to share. And that's how we're going to get rid of the stigma. We got to ditch this us versus you mentality and really start to open up. One one thing I would challenge you to do on World Mental Health Day, which, side note, should be every day. So even if you don't listen to this podcast today, any day you could do this. That you could choose any particular life difficulty you've had, your own or someone that you know or a hypothetical one, and you can talk about it. Talk about it at lunch with your friends. Talk about it on social media. Share, ask questions like, hey, have you guys ever had... X, Y, or Z happen in your life and see what happens. I think we all have to kind of take that risk of vulnerability and share in order to have these breakthroughs. And then the bomb payoff is, hey, we're going to get some connection and, and all the good things that come from being vulnerable. Shout out to my girl, Brene Brown. The way to get that shame shrunk, to the way to become resilient is to have that empathy and to share, and to connect, and to be vulnerable. Uh, Make sure you catch the last podcast episode. I think it was episode 12, where I talked about the different types of mental health professionals. If you're interested in therapy, I created a consumer's guide to help you understand what options are available to you. Another thing you might want to do is really think about stigma, and come correct with your own stigma. I think one way for us to overcome bias and to improve in our judgments and stereotypes is to be willing to admit our stigma. So have you experienced stigma yourself in your life? And how have you responded to stigma, personal or public? How do you see that impact you? And can you think of anything that will help you overcome it and ways that you can advocate for mental health? Uh, Lots of stuff for you to think about here. I hope this is helpful. Happy world mental health day my friends if you would like to go more in depth i have courses at mindfulcounselingschool.com you can learn more about mental health things like mindfulness and self-care and body image you can learn about intuitive eating and perfectionism so head over to mindfulcounselingschool.com my courses are an affordable option to get educated Um, they're very much like this podcast where I'm just hitting you with a lot of lecture style information. Um, there's supplemental materials there. So you can support me in the podcast by heading over to mindfulcounselingschool.com. Check out my courses. Come party with me on Instagram. My handle is at mindfulcounseling. I post therapy thoughts every day. I give you lots of content related to mental health. We got lots of other good things coming. We have a merchandise line where you can buy shirts and sweatshirts that say therapy is cool. You can go to my Instagram to link to those. Again, that's at mindful counseling. And as always, my friends, may you be well. I appreciate you tuning in and supporting the Therapy Thoughts podcast. If you want to dive deeper into intuitive eating and body image and self-love, head over to tiffanyrow.com. It's the hub of all of my courses, the podcast, my merch, and information about doing counseling and coaching with me. 
I hope you guys stick around for more. We have lots of exciting interviews and thought leaders coming onto the podcast. So until next time, may you be well.